Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IA Codecast. My name is Michael Dowies, and we have not had one of these in quite some time, so I'm really excited to be back doing one of these episodes. The IA Codecast is to spark discussions on uh, the use of programming to get projects done and for different uh, scenarios and so uh, that we can learn how to really make new projects and and hopefully get folks interested in programming so this one is going to be a um, I'm, I'm going solo on this one so hopefully next time we'll have some folks coming in with us but Maybe we'll make it a part two for this episode, getting started with Python. And, and the reason why I wanted to bring this one up is, you know, our other episodes have been more about Swift and Apple areas, but Python is something that people don't really think about, and people really don't understand the power of Python programming. And so I wanted to talk about that today and how to get started in Python programming. Because if you get into this area, you can build applications from mobile apps to even web applications and back-end work. And I know a lot of the folks that listen to the different eye accessibility podcasts are blind or visually impaired. So, you know, back-end work is a very accessible way to build content for front-end solutions without having to actually work on user interfaces. So... The Python code can be used from anything from doing basic server scripts to checking status, the status of different servers, to working on web applications, to even firing up and shutting down of virtual machines. So it's very powerful in what it can do. Uh, we use Python to send our push notifications to the iAccessibility app and soon other apps as well. And I'm even working on a application, a web app through a library in Python called Django that will send push notifications from a form entry. So I'm very, very excited about that. So Python originated in uh, a language that was developed by folks to be easy and straightforward and uh, just simple to use. And it was named after uh, the TV show and movies uh, Monty Python. And so when you read through the documentation in the manuals for Python, you will actually hear a lot of references to the TV show and movies, which I think is hilarious, even though I have not actually seen either of those. So Python is a very basic and easy to understand language. And one of the things that's nice about it is you don't have to learn a lot to get started. You just have to learn the basics and the rest will come in time. The way that Python works is you have files that are labeled .py. You know, in Swift, you have .swift files. In uh, C++, you have um, .cpp or .m. You have header files. You don't have all of those headaches. The one confusing thing is the way that code blocks are handled in Python is you use indentation. So you press space four times to show that something is part of something else. But everything else after that, it's very easy. So if I want to, you know, the, the very basic program is always hello world. And so I can write print, P-R-I-N-T, left parentheses, double quote, hello space world, double quote, right parentheses, enter. 
and we've just written our first Python program. Basically, it's a function that says, print out hello world to uh, the command line. So if you type Python space, and then the name of your file .py, it would read hello world in your terminal or command line or wherever you ran it. This is the most basic of programs. Now, Python is what's called an interpreted language, um, where Swift, Objective-C, Java, and all those things are converted to bytecode or computer-readable code or com computer-read code. Python is kept as read human-readable code. And a interpreter reads through each line and says, okay, I understand what you want me to do, and I will do it. That's how Python works. And PHP is like that. Perl is like that for the web. And a lot of these other JavaScript is like that. It's another scripted language that is used. And so it's amazing what we can do with a scripted language. And you'll quickly learn the small things that we can do with Python can go a long way. My program to send push notifications in Python is about 10 lines of code. And a lot of that involves just setting up variables that will send, uh, that have like your title, the body and the sound and all those things of the program. So it's very easy to uh, make a small program do a very big thing with only 10 lines of code. Libraries though are where the bread and butter of Python are, are held. Your libraries are what makes Python uh, actually work and do the things. So there are libraries like the um, FCM, uh, Firebase Cloud Messaging uh, Library that I use to send push notifications. There's one called Django, which lets you build web applications. I will link to a tutorial on how to do that in the show notes. Um, there's application. There's a library called Twisted. It's called Twisted Networking. That lets you build client and server applications with just a few lines of code. This even includes basic IceCast and Shoutcast clients like EasyStream. And so you could customize how those things work. Uh, you can make chatbots. You can make applications to scrape your, your uh, web browser that can pull things off a URL and put them in variables for you. You can do file management. There's so many things you can do. So let's talk about variables. A variable in Python is just like a variable everywhere else. You have a variable and you declare it with, um, well, you just type the variable name, space, equals, space, and whatever you want it to be. So I could say people equals, and then double quote, or no, person equals double quote, Michael double quote. And that would make a string. I could say age equals 36. And that would make an integer. I could say people, and I can make an array by doing a left bracket, double quote, Michael, double quote, comma, space, double quote, somebody else, in quotes. And then in that quote, and then uh, a right bracket, and that's it. I made a two-index array. And so that is, Python does what's called type inference. And so it basically can infer what type you're trying to create. Once you do that, you can do print left parentheses variable. And there's a lot of different ways that you can add variables into your, your code. So I could do print left parentheses double quote hello 
space, double quote, plus person. And that would say, hello, person. Uh, and of course, the right parentheses after a person. So that is how we use Python to do variables. Now, if you want to do a function, we can do a small function with the word def. And that's define, basically. Functions, again, are, you don't use braces, you don't use semicolons, you don't use all those hard things from other languages. You just have to know what you're doing with the indentation. So I could say def space, so def space, say something, left parentheses, text, right parentheses, colon. And that will create a function that's called say something and expects some variable. It doesn't even care what that variable is. Again, type inference. So on the next line, I indent four spaces and I would say print left parentheses text, right parentheses, and press enter twice because it looks good, and then go back and remove your indentation. That will make a new function. And after that, we could type say something, left parentheses, double quote. This is some text that will be printed out period, double quote, right parentheses. And that will call our function that we just talked about because it's outside of any function. It's a line of code. Now we can run what's create what's called the main, um, a main block, which would run any code we told it to make. And um, you can look up examples online about that, but it's not necessary. It's not always needed. Because a Python file can be used as a library or any kind of a thing. So main would say, if this is being ran as an individual executable file, do these things. Now, Python is in two flavors. There's Python 2.7 that still used, believe it or not, in macOS and other operating systems. And there's Python 3. I believe it's Python 3.7 that's the current stable version, and it's what you want to stick with for writing code. There's a lot of old apps that still need 2.7, but that's no longer going to be supported as of this year. So you want to move away from 2.7 as fast as you can and use Python 3 code. So um, that is some examples of how you can use Python. Now, the neat thing about it is, again, you could use it anywhere. So you could double click on the, or you could use, um, you could tell it to open ter in terminal, but all you have to do is type Python space the file name, and it will run your code. There are if statements, there are all these kind of, you know, everything you could expect in a programming language in Python, and you just have to use uh, your indentation again for uh, making that happen. Again, there's a lot of different libraries that you can use with Python, like uh, Django. It's a, a web-based, um, web server-based application that can uh, show uh, web-based content based on what you uh, want it to show. Like you can do applications and different things just by rendering code. You could do form submissions. You can do machine learning there's um Google has a thing called TensorFlow and other AI based uh devices that uh can recognize images and all that using Python. So it's really incredible what you can do with it and it's on any system. So for Mac, you can go and and it's built in. 
you would have to type Python 3 to get Python 3 support. Python, just typing Python will give you Python 2.7 support. So sometimes you may have to install it, uh, especially in Windows, you will have to install Python. So um, you would want to do a Google search on installing Python for Windows. Uh, of course, Linux has it built in. Just make sure that you're running uh, the latest version of Python. You can check your Python version in the terminal by typing Python space dash dash version. Typing Python by itself will actually open what's called a Python interpreter environment where you could just type in different Python commands and it will run those commands. But you definitely want to get an IDE. An integrated developer environment. Xcode will understand Python, so you can use that on the Mac. Uh, but the, unfortunately, what you have to do is save the file as .py first to get Xcode to recognize that you are working indeed on a Python file. If you don't like using Xcode or you're not in uh, Mac OS, Visual Studio Community Edition will use Python, and that's accessible in Windows. But there's also Visual Studio Code. It's not the most accessible on the Mac. It needs some work, but it works. There are a lot of other environments, but I would stick with Xcode. Another uh, one I know Aaliyah uses a lot for her Mac code editing is called Cot Editor, C-O-T Editor. It's in the Mac App Store. It will also work with Python code as well. And uh, some really cool stuff. So check into that. Check into those IDEs and, and pick what is familiar with you, uh, the most you know useful for you. Uh, I'm a Visual Studio Code user. I love it. It's great. But it's not for everybody. So check out what works best for you. Again, Xcode is very accessible. So if you're using a Mac, that's a good way to go. Honestly, the Mac is one of the best developer environments because you get the best of all worlds since Unix-based stuff is there already. And you don't have to worry about installing Python for Windows and all those things because you still have to use the command line and it can be a pain to do in Windows. So I would definitely look into the Mac version of that to uh, to get that going or and Linux or... Um, Make sure if you are running Windows, install the Windows subsystem for Linux, WSL, which some people call Whistle. And I that annoys me, but it is what it is. So there are a lot of places to get started there. Uh, look up different libraries. Look up what you know your style is. Amazon Web Services has some Python libraries you can use to spin up instances and shut them down. So look into that. And it's really amazing the uh, amount of things that you can do with Python. The The sky's the limit. Uh, you really don't have a lot of uh, constraints of what you can do with that. I was playing with building some UI in Python with uh, Kiwi and uh, Tkinter, which are two libraries that you can use for building user interfaces. The problem I had was was that they did not appear to be accessible with VoiceOver, and I think that has to do with the fact that VoiceOver does not send get events, Apple events from those frameworks. So that's kind of a bummer for people building apps on the Mac. I have not tried uh, to see how they would work using Windows and Narrator, but that was just kind of a bummer. I was trying to build a basically a form to send push notifications using an application in Mac OS. Now. 
Kiwi is a very interesting one because it can be packaged and set up as native apps on iOS and Android. So if you're looking into becoming an app developer and you're wanting to get into building apps with Python, Kiwi and some of the others are useful. Now, Tkinter, I mentioned, is another library, and it uses what's called TCLTK, which is a... I used to love programming in that. It's a tool command language with toolkit for building graphical user interfaces. And it works really well. The problem is, is that it's not a standalone. You have to... The library does not work independently. You have to have dependencies on that computer. So it's great that it can do what it does, but you're going to have to install other... Uh, graphical um, libraries and stuff in there to make that work. So maybe not the best option unless you're building an application for yourself and yourself only. So keep that in mind if you're using that library. But both of those prove not to be very accessible with VoiceOver for Mac. So that's one thing to keep in mind. But the neat thing is you can use um, those libraries as a way to... Um, build websites and to build uh, these kind of things. You can use it for automation. And that um, brings me into my next topic. And that is, uh, there's an app for iOS called Pythonista. Pythonista is an IDE for Python. And what it lets you do is build Python applicate or Python scripts and run them in iOS. It is a fully featured IDE where you could build Python and run it and get output on all those things. But there's also a Python script you can get called uh, Stash. And you could Google uh, how to install Stash in Pythonista. And basically, it lets you be able to install other libraries into Pythonista. I've installed Django and Twisted and others in Pythonista where I can write web servers and other servers from my iPad, which is really remarkable. It's the only thing that I know that can really make very easy to use web servers like that. So, uh, very useful for iOS. And you could also tie all of that into shortcuts. So I could technically build a shortcut that would run a server from my home screen. And I'm going to do that after we finish with this show. <laughs> so um, I'm I'm really excited about that. Pythonista has some really cool scripts that you can get with it too that will in actually let you build native user interfaces into iOS that you can then run from shortcuts. Uh, Pythonista has a lot of shortcut actions and they can even be used to create shortcut triggers so they can take in input and take out, out and send out output as actions. So that's another way that Pythonista is a very powerful tool for iOS as well. So if you're really looking to get started and you have an iPad with a keyboard or an iPhone with a keyboard, uh, I would really look into Pythonista because it's a, a one of the easiest ways to get started. They have a lot of documentation and they have sample code and all those things and it works with iCloud. So you could take it from one iOS device to another. One of the things that I'm looking into doing is I've actually set up an entire Linode, which is a Linux-based server that's virtualized, and I'm setting up an entire Python web server using Django. So it will be able to send out, uh, you know, work as a web server like Apache or whatever we expect with PHP. So those are some things that we can use with um, Python and some cool ways to get started. 
So I've talked a lot today about a lot of the things that you can expect to find in Python, but the libraries that I've talked about are only a very select few. And I've only covered a very few basics about the language. And there are a lot of resources that you can get online to learn more. And I really recommend you do that. And um, we will even be doing a class through iAccessibility on Python to talk about how to get started because I feel like it's one of the best ways to get started in the realm of development. And, you know, Python, there's so many languages that, you know, I use, but you may not like. There's another web server management tool other than Django. I don't remember the name because I picked one and went with it. Just like there's Tkinter and Kiwi for building UI, there's also about five other um, user interface tools that I have not tried that may work better. So you have to decide, uh, you know, do some research, figure out which ones work best for what you're trying to do, and pick those and go with it. But the, the nice thing is, is that they're all libraries. You can install them and try them, and it doesn't harm your computer at all. There's a great little application called PIP, and I don't know what PIP stands for, but it's basically the package manager, the app store for Python libraries. So you could type PIP space install space whatever you're trying to find. And you could type PIP space install space upgrade or update, either one, I believe. I'm not sure which one's the correct command to update all of your libraries. From there, you could just import them into your app, and it makes it so easy you know, to into your script, as long as they're on the computer, they're going to work fine. And your IDE, like Visual Studio or Xcode, is going to know where those libraries uh, sit. And so it'll say, okay, yeah, that's actually a proper library. I know where it is. I know what to do with it. So if you have code completion as a feature, that should work too. It should say, okay, these class names are known to me. I'm good. I've got this. So um, that's how you can make that work. So it's very important to figure out what you prefer and go with it because while the basics of Python is simple, it's when you get into the more advanced stuff that you really get to see, you know, some interesting lines of code. But even then, uh, I just took this tutorial on building a web server, uh, building a project uh, portfolio blog and um, main page in Python, and it took just about uh, each file was no more than 20 lines of code. And that's remarkable, folks. That's remarkable that, yeah, there's a lot of files in a project, but so is an iOS app. And I have some of those with 900, 1,000 lines of code. So just 20 lines of code to do a very advanced task is really incredible. And so, like I said, we'll be doing classes and different things on Python and I'll be putting a lot of different resources in the show notes here for this show. And I'm just very excited to see what people could come up with. And feel free to send me any questions you have about Python. How do you get started? And we may, you know, we'll, we'll talk about different ways to get involved and to, you know, if you want to send me your scripts and kind of see how to build things and I can send you sample code and things like that. I have no issue doing that. So let I would like to see people get more involved with Python and actually get people uh, developing more applications so that, you know, you can do some cool stuff. And, and even just building a basic website, you know, 
I've seen, I'll, I'll link to the, to the tutorial in the show notes, but you can make a whole blog. Basically what WordPress does with Bootstrap and this library. And it's just really incredible what you, what you can do uh, with Python. I've, I've heard of people building scalable web applications where Python fires up new servers and shuts them down based on need. So uh, there's a screen reader called TDSR that is used uh, with um, 1010++ to make MUDs more accessible in the Mac terminal. It's just in, in incredible what the power of Python can, can give you in making programming projects to make your potential dreams come alive with what you can create. So um, we will be doing more of these codecasts, and we'll be talking about Python again, hopefully with a group of folks, and we will be uh, doing one of these more once a, probably once a month again, and I'm very glad to be back on here doing a show, and I'm very excited to see what we can actually get accomplished and done with this show. But that's going to do it for this CodeCast episode. To get a hold of me, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at Mike Doeys, that's M-I-K-E-D-O-I-S-E at iAccessibility.net. I'm Mike Doeys on Twitter and Michael Doeys on Facebook, and you can go to my website at michaeldoeys.com, and I'm at all the other... Uh, places online. So I want to thank you everybody for being here for this episode of the CodeCast. I'm glad we have this podcast brought back to life and we will see you next time on, on another episode. So thanks for being here and get out there and build some cool projects and send them our way. Feedback at iAccessibility.net and any other um, things you want to share, questions and answers, you know, we'll, we'll get that done. So Thanks, everybody, and we will see you next month for another IA Codecast. Thanks, everybody. This show has been brought to you by the IA Cast Network. We love hearing from you. Email us at feedback at iAccessibility.net. Got Twitter? Follow us at iAccessibility1. Facebook? Search for iAccessibility. Download our free apps for iOS and Android and keep up with all of our content at iAccessibility.net. If you'd like to donate to our show, hit the PayPal button on our website and get early access to our outtakes with a donation at patreon.com slash iacast. Thanks for listening.